We've followed Ogden Clinic orthopedic specialist Dr. Michael Hall on his journey during 2020. From helping in the eye of the storm on the front lines of COVID-19 in New York City, being released from quarantine in Virginia to his return back to Utah. We followed up with Dr. Hall to discuss his own experience contracting COVID-19 and his unique perspective on combating the virus in Utah after fighting it in New York City. Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, the healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw, and with the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this video interview. We are back with Dr. Mike Hall. We've done a series of interviews with him. He has been kind of all over the place recently. We've talked to him both in New York and now back here in Utah after he's been back from serving and treating patients um, in the New York City hospitals in that area. So we're really glad to be back with you, Dr. Hall. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to meet with us today. Thanks, Parker. It's good to be here. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. So I have a couple of questions. We just wanted to check in with you because it's been, uh, how, when did you get back again? Just to remind our audience. So I finished up in New York, um, back in May. And then I spent a couple of weeks in quarantine in Virginia. And then, uh, I I think you interviewed me in Virginia. It seems like, and then I came home the very first part of June. Um, okay. from, for, from Virginia and then, uh, went back to work for about two and a half weeks. And then irony of ironies, um, I ended up getting COVID out here in Utah. <laughs> no way. That is like the most ironic thing I think I've ever heard. So how did that happen? Do you mind diving into that a little bit? You know, so, and it's, you know, it's kind of consistent with, with how people get this, you know, when you're in an environment where you're kind of protecting yourselves and people are protecting themselves, you, you tend to not get the disease. I mean, the masks work, the hand washing works, but, um, a friend of my wife's, uh, gave it to her. And then, um, before she knew she had it, she passed it on to me. We both had very mild symptoms. Um, but, her friend lost her sense of taste and smell, which is one of the, you know, kind of telltale signs that you have it. And so when she recognized that she did, she let my wife know. And then my wife went in and tested, she tested positive. And at that point we're like, okay. So then I got tested. I initially tested negative. Um, but then a couple days later, because I was seeing patients, I wanted to make sure I was getting tested pretty regularly. So every two days I was going to get tested. But so I, I tested negative and then two days later I tested positive. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like I say, irony of all things to go to New York City and live through all that and then come home and get it here in Utah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it just goes to show that, you know, it can happen anywhere, right? I mean, it's sort of one of those diseases that it's it's spreading, and certainly here in Utah, it's actually spreading more than it is in New York City right now. So yeah, um, it's you know, it's just kind of an interesting thing. But my symptoms were mild, my wife's were mild. Uh, I had a son who also got it from a 
my wife and his symptoms were very mild. Um, but we still had to quarantine for the full time, which was like, um, you know, week and a half from the, from the advent of the test or from symptoms. Right. So apologize to all my patients who I had to cancel <laughs> for a week and a half, <laughs> but that was why it was because I was uh, quarantining after I tested positive. But okay, and that, that makes sense. I got out of quarantine on the weekend of July fourth, and I was back to work the following week. So okay, well that is kind. Of, I mean, I'm glad that your symptoms were only mild, and that you're doing well, and that your family's doing well, and that it didn't have as huge of an influence as it does to some other people. And I'm glad that you also were proactive in taking precautions and getting tested. That's, that's great of you. And we're glad that you're, you're back to good health and that you're able to be back at work as well. I'm sure your patients are good to have you are happy to have you back as well. So that's crazy. Thanks for sharing that. That is probably the most eventful update that we've had. Um, I know it's like this crazy life. The last three months, you and I, Parker, it seems like every time we talk, some other crazy thing is going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, these are the times we live in, and that's, that's totally fine. You, you mentioned that you had just minor symptoms. Do you mind sharing what some of the minor symptoms were? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, the, the weirdness of this disease is, is its variability. You know, whether it, again, going statistical, um, you know, 90-plus percent of the people that get this disease are going to either have mild or symptoms mild enough that you wouldn't consider it an issue but it's that you know 10 and under percent whether it's you know depending on the state what state you're in it can be anywhere from five to ten percent are requiring some kind of medical care sometimes it's just a hospitalization visit other times people are ended up in the icu on a ventilator so there's this wide range of how it's affecting everybody and and that's also part of the problem right i mean because you know, you look at me and you look at my disease symptoms like, well, look at that guy. He, he did fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's, so my symptoms were mild though. I had, I got a, I got some body aches for a day. Um, I, you know, when I tested positive, I had no symptoms whatsoever. That was the thing. When I tested positive, I didn't get a, I didn't have a fever. I didn't have a cough. I had no body aches, no head. I mean, I, I went out and ran four miles that day. Oh my goodness. So That's I really had no symptoms when I tested positive. About three days later is when I started, I had some body aches. I never got a fever, which I know that's, you know, a lot of people were doing screenings and things like that. And we use a, the, the temperature probes as sort of our screening tool. So I never right. got a fever. Um, I had the body aches. I had a funny little cough that was kind of just a tickle in the back of the throat, not a sore throat or anything like that. And I uh, was tired. That was another thing. I was just kind of tired. But, but at no point were my symptoms bad enough that had I not known what's going on, I would have even considered missing work. I mean, most of us that live in this country, we're kind of very hardy people. We like to work. We like to get out and do things. Agreed. Yeah. So, and that's part of the problem again, right? Because we're willing to <laughs> yeah. go in sick and things like that. And we need to be careful about that. But um, yeah, so I, I had mild symptoms. My wife had similar symptoms, but she did lose her sense of smell and taste for about a week. Um, but my symptoms lasted maybe two days. Wow. That's, I mean, great for you, but it's, crazy I, it's how great for me, so much. but 
it, it's sort of one of those things, you know, I'm grateful that I didn't get it worse knowing how bad it can be. Um, but again, we can't just use, you know, the 90% to think, oh, it's no big deal. I mean, because the 10%, they know it's a big deal. So perfect. Uh, the next question I wanted to ask is now that you're back in Utah after having been in New York, um, we're in a state where at the beginning the atmosphere and attitude toward COVID was pretty um, low key and not as. Um, pressing as some of those other eastern st states that were hit very hard initially. Um, how is it like now that the, you know, the tides have kind of changed and now we're in a different kind of state with uh, regards to the coronavirus? And what is it like witnessing that here now? Well, it's almost like deja vu in, in, in a very small degree. I mean, what, what was seen in New York is, is unique, you know, and, and it, it is because um, of the situation. We are not anywhere near that kind of situation that, that was going on in New York. So, I mean, seeing it here, I mean, the, the reality is, is we are expecting some of this, right? I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise. You know, we're opening up the state and, and doing more things and, and that's to be expected that we're going to see more cases. And, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to watch when people are going through difficult times, um, especially when the disease hits them so hard. And, you know, if we go back three months ago, I, very few of us saw it, you know, and certainly we didn't see it at its worst. I was in that unique cir circumstance where I saw it at its worst. You know, I saw people nearly on a daily basis, you know, not pulling through. Um, so for me, it became very real. Um, I can't say that that's how I felt before I left. Because again, I wasn't exposed to that until I went. And I can understand to some degree the feeling that's here in, in, in Utah to some degree where we still haven't been hit like so hard that, that we're compelled to yeah to take it serious to take i mean i think a lot of us have and a lot of us take it serious but i think there's still some people who want to not believe it that it's real that it's some kind of government conspiracy that it's a medical conspiracy or something but um so and a lot of that because because we just haven't seen it um thankfully right I mean, yeah you don't want to see it yes. the way they saw it there but so I, I don't know if I just answered your question or not, but it is sort of one of those, there's so much tied up in this question. And like you said, it seems like we've moved away from this being a health concern to being something different than that. You know, I, like a mask, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's almost silly to me that the mask is such a big thing, right? We have, yeah. like, we literally have people who, if I wear a mask, somehow that means I, I support some kind of cause, you know. But if I do wear a mask, it means the same thing in the opposite direction. And, and it, it means none of that. It just means that I'm, I, I care about my neighbor. 
I mean, the purpose of the reason why we wear masks right now, and, and I don't know that we all understand it, we think that we're preventing ourselves from getting the disease by wearing it. That's actually not true. The reason we wear a mask, so if you and I, Parker, are sitting here having a conversation in person, less than six feet away, in a room, um, and I have COVID, and we're less than six feet away, within a 15-minute period, you have a, like a 90% chance of getting the disease if we're both not wearing masks. If you wear a mask and I have the disease, that chance goes down to 70%. Now, is that a big drop? No, it's not that big of a drop but it does give you some, some defense against it. But here's the thing, if we switch those masks around, meaning I have the disease and I put the mask on, but you still don't have a mask, that number goes to 5%. Right, so it seems pretty logical. But... Well, it, it, do people understand that? I don't know that, our, that the common public has really been shown, told those exact numbers like that. The reason we wear masks isn't because we're making a political statement. It isn't because we're showing our true colors or anything like that as far as belief systems. We're wearing a mask because I care about you, Parker, and I don't want you to get the disease that I may have. That's it. That's it. That's the only right. reason we do it. It's because we care about our neighbor. The state is predicting that 80% of the state will at one point get this. The country, you know, the world, you know, it's a lot of people are going to get this. Now, viruses over time, most of the time, evolve. And as they do, a virus is not an effective virus if it kills its host all the time because it can't spread. Right. A virus is an effective virus if it lives within its host and spreads to other people. So the more it incapacitates its host, the less effective the virus will be because another strength, it'll evolve somewhere else into a less virulent, meaning it affects their host less. It'll, so that virus will actually be easier to spread. So over time, these viruses tend to become less virulent because they spread better that way. Um, and so where we're going with this, where I'm going with this, I'm not sure where I was going with this, but in That's general, 80% okay. of the population is going to get it. The longer we can spread this out, the less likely we're going to have New York, right? Where you went from 100 people having it to 1.5 million people having it in three weeks. And that 1.5 million people now has it, and 10% of them show up in the hospital. And then the hospitals get overrun, and you can't take care of patients, and maybe the death rates are higher than they need to be because of that. So that's how we're trying to avoid we're trying to avoid overtaxing the system. So the fact that people are getting it and going to the hospitals and we have new cases, that's not unexpected. I mean, that sounds callous to some degree, but when we're considering that really what we expect, all the numbers are showing that 80% of our population is gonna get it, we just can't get it all at once. And the longer we prolong it, maybe it becomes less virulent, maybe. Maybe we develop a vaccine, maybe but we can't overtax the system to where it collapses like it was going to do in New York. Right. So, so we have to have that perspective that, you know, unfortunately we are at a period where this is the disease and we don't know how long an immunity is going to last. You know, I got it, but I could, 
Am I going to get it in another four months? I don't know. And it's something that's happened many times in the history of the human race that we come up against something like this. And when we do, we do what we do best. We adapt, try and learn, we try and fix the problem, and then, and then we move on. And unfortunately, we're in one of those unique time periods where we have to deal with this. And, you know, conspiracy theories be what they are. The reality <laughs> is it's just a disease. Right. And one well, that doesn't go away by just wishing it away. Right. We, we, yeah. have, we have to fight it. Well, we've talked about a lot of different things, but if you could wrap this up, maybe in just a few words, what would you tell people or like to tell people who are maybe feeling bogged down by, by COVID? just to wrap up our, our discussion. COVID, you know, um, like I say, it's going to affect everybody a little different. And, and, and I've got an opinion and everybody else has one too. And nobody's going to have the same opinion, but here's what I would say about COVID. Um, and, and maybe a little background on this opinion. You know, when I was in New York, when I left here to go to New York, I was of the opinion, oh, I just want to get this and get it over with. I was one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, ah, it's, you know, I just, I don't want to have to be bogged down by all this, you know, stuff, this mask wearing, this social distancing. If I just get it and get it over with, then I'm done and I can move on. Then I got to New York and I was like, okay, I don't want this. And, you know, that having seen that and the perspective that I have and now having had it, um, I can say this, I, I can say we need to not fear. We need to not um, put our, our mental state in such a, a worry that we, we can't function. We need to be smart. We need to be courteous. We need to be kind. We need to um, care about people enough to sacrifice a little bit. Um, this is something that just isn't going to go away whether we want to wish it away or not. We will work through it. We will get there. Um, but we need to continue to live our lives in an adapted fashion as best as we can so that we can still be who we are as a country, as a state of Utah, as, as families. Um, but I, but the part of this where we're fearful to a point where we're shutting down, you know, physically, mentally, we don't need to do that, but we do need to be smart. We need to be aware and we need to do the things that we need to do to express that smartness and awareness and courteousness, you know, in general, you know, as far as mask wearing goes, um, we're being asked to wear masks. <clears throat> we, we wear masks to prevent me from spreading it to you. That's why I wear a mask. And when we're, especially when we're indoors or we're close to people, we wear a mask out of respect 
and out of courteousness to not spread this disease. One thing I should say, Parker, I've had it. I'm immune to it. I still wear a mask. We're trying to slow this down to a point where our healthcare system doesn't get overwhelmed. Um, and we know that people are going to get it, but we can't all get it at once. And so it's a courteousness. Um, it's an awareness of other people that we wear that mask. It's not about me. It's about we. So let's stop making it about me. And again, be smart, understand why you're wearing it. And, you know, let's, let's kind of join together on this and, and not make it about who I'm voting for, for some political thing. Let's make it about caring about each other. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for meeting with us today. And for more information on Dr. Hall or any of his previous episodes with us, you can find those on our podcast, which is The Daily Diagnosis. For more information on Ogden Clinic, you can visit us at ogdenclinic.com. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers, or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover. And we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.